This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And today we're going to talk some football. We've been doing some recruiting-heavy podcasts uh, here during the summer months. Uh, and, and we're still going to talk recruiting here on the second half, on the back end of this podcast. But with ACC Media Days right around the corner, we are going to open today's podcast uh, with some ACC football talk. So should be a fun one, Gabby. Football's right around the corner. Uh, you ready for it? You excited? Man. I know I'm excited. How are you feeling? Man, I, I, I can't wait for college football. I feel like this is going to be such a great year. I don't know, yes. man. I'm just so excited just to see people in the stands, people tailgating, yep. all that stuff. I, I just feel like it's going to be like there's a bit of rejuvenation out there. It's going to be sick. I'm super pumped for it. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, everything's back to normal, which no reason to, to think otherwise at this point. So should be a fun year. I want to just on the front end, get this out of the way, too. Uh, so the ACC media days are July 21st and 22nd. And with that in mind, 24-7 Sports is offering a VIP subscription sale. Um, and so that means if you want to sign up during that time, during those two days, the 21st and 22nd, which I believe is Wednesday and Thursday, they're offering a 50% off deal, which uh, gets you a VIP subscription for a year for 53 bucks, um, which I think comes out to like $4.42 per month. I think, uh, you know, once you jump in the boat, you'll, you'll see that you definitely get your money's worth. Uh, when you go VIP at Inside the U, just the message board alone is $4.42 of entertainment per month alone. Um, so yeah, got that out of the way. Again, if you want to support this podcast, we definitely appreciate it if you take advantage of these subscription deals whenever they do pop up and there will be a deal on the 21st and 22nd. So let's jump into the ACC media day preview type content pod we're going to do here. Um, So the 21st, Gabby, is going to be when the Coastal Division teams and players and and head coaches meet with the media. So that's Miami's day. The 22nd is going to be the Atlantic Division. Um, So for those that want to follow along live uh, that day, I think you can find the coverage on the ACC Network if you're lucky enough to get that channel whatever TV service provider you have. I think you can also follow it, ACC Network Extra online. Uh, I think that's an avenue, but um, Miami will be represented on the 21st by three players. It's the first year that teams are bringing three players to the ACC Media Days. 
and Miami will be represented by senior quarterback De'Aaron King, senior wide receiver Mike Harley, and I believe he's a redshirt junior, Bubba Bolden, the safety. Um, Gabby, what was your thought when those three were announced as the representatives in terms of players for Miami at this year's ACC Media Days? Pretty strong group, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that was a good call by Manny Diaz. Uh, you know, I think those are three guys that are going to represent the, the program really well. You know, I mean, you have like the Miami lifer in Mike Harley, the South Florida guy, you know, Jay Eric King, obviously the quarterback that represents the program. And then, you know, Bo Bolden, who's one of the leaders on defense, that's a guy that they're going to be expecting a lot out of, you know, in 2021. So, you know, I think it's a really cool group of guys that they brought that they're bringing over. There. I think it's got to be one of the strongest, honestly, when you think of yeah. just like top guys like when you look around the conference, I'm not sure if any school outside of Clemson is going to have a three. That's like, okay, wow. Like those are three dudes right there. I agree. I, I would honestly say Miami's group might be just the three that, that each team is bringing Miami's group might be stronger than Clemson's just because it seems like Clemson's bringing some leader guys, you know, they're bringing James Skalski, the veteran linebacker, uh, and they're bringing offensive lineman, Matt Bockhorst, in addition to DJ Uyangalele, who of course is a big deal, total stud. Um, I would say the teams, in terms of the three most talented, the, the groups that are represented here, I think North Carolina can give Miami a run with Toman Fox, the talented linebacker slash edge guy, Jeremiah Jimmel, who I think is going to be one of the better linebackers in the conference this year. And of course, Sam Howell. So Miami's group is strong. Um, want to get your take here on, on before we, we move on to some of our, uh, you know, talking points we want to bring up on this podcast. Did you see who Florida state is bringing? Yeah, they're, they're bringing up, they're bringing two quarterbacks, right? Jordan, Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton. And they're bringing two quarterbacks, which I yeah. find interesting because typically, Super. typically when teams don't know who their quarterback's going to be, they just don't bring one. Right. Yeah. Um, now they're just going to be fielding two quarterback questions the entire time. I feel like that's all it's going to be about is that Florida state brought two quarterbacks. So there's that. And then the other guy, which Miami's done this too, but they're, they're bringing a transfer who's never played at Florida state before in defensive end, Jermaine Johnson, who transferred in from Georgia. Miami did that with, with KJ Osborne a couple years back, bringing a transfer in. So that's, that was interesting by Florida state. And, and I'm two, curious, well, two, guys, two guys that have never played, right? Cause Milton hasn't played at Florida state either. Correct. So two to three have never taken a snap for Florida, Florida state. That's definitely interesting. Correct. And, and I don't know what to think of this. Like, do we think that Mackenzie Milton maybe isn't, shouldn't be considered penciled in as, as the starting quarterback? I don't know. I mean, I assume he's going to start against Notre Dame, but uh, it is interesting that they're bringing Jordan Travis along who, you know, I'm a fan of his talent in terms of athleticism and running ability. Um, but, but I did find it interesting that they would bring him to media days. So let's move on. Um, and let's just start here, Gabby, because ACC media days, you know, a lot of the times it's kind of the same tired questions um, that, that, you know, Manny Diaz will have to field and, and the players will have to field. But you, t- you can definitely get some tidbits out of ACC Media Days, right? Um, there's going to be some storylines, so, some big newsy type things that come out of Media Days. And I'm curious, just going into this year's event, what's, what's kind of the biggest thing you hope to learn 
from a Miami perspective uh, from these ACC media days? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just got to be De'Aaron King, right? Like, I know that again, it's probably sure. going to be the same question that Manny Diaz has probably been asked over and over again. But you know, just really just that sort of affirmation that he is going to be good to go against Alabama, uh, that right. he is, you know, going to be the guy. Like, they they, they feel confident that he's going to be the guy to sort of like you know lead him out the tunnel, all that type of stuff. So, you know, as far as Miami goes, I think that's probably going to be the biggest question or just like probably one of the main talking points is uh, the Air King's ACL and, you know, how that recovery is going. And if he really is like, you know, his rehab, you know, what he's doing, that type of stuff. So that's what I'm expecting uh, to hear a lot of, you know, just from like media that's there about, you know, Miami. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to be a question that's Dierk's going to be asked and Manny, um, Manny Diaz going to be asked between now and, and kickoff to the Alabama game, right? I mean, there's at this stage, there's no reason to believe that De'Ara King will not start that game, yeah. but you know, I'm sure they will be asked the percentage questions, you know, are you 68.5% healthy? How, how would you, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and it is important to, to know um, just how he does feel and in general, just how confident he is in his rehab process and the little details he, you know, what stage is he at in terms of getting back? Is he running full speed, et cetera, et cetera. So I agree that that's an important thing that we will hope to learn in terms of where he's at right now, uh, going into fall camp for me, I don't necessarily know if like Manny Diaz is going to touch on these guys because, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to specifically talk about these type of players, um, but I think maybe the players, when, when they speak with the media, so Derek, Mike Harley, Bubba Bolden, I'm curious, you know, if they will give us, because I, I want to know how ready are, are some of these second-year players that I think are very, very talented and pushing for starting roles how are they looking going into this season? Are, are any of these guys standing out to the veteran guys? And these players would include running backs, Don Chaney, Jalen Knighton, wide receiver, Keyshawn Smith, even slot receiver, Xavier Restrepo, offensive lineman, Jalen Rivers, linebacker, Corey Flagg, defensive back, Avante Williams. I think these are potential difference maker type players yeah. at Miami the timeline on when that difference making ability shows on the field is up in the air right now. Is it going to be 2021 or is it going to be 2022 or beyond? Um, so I'll be curious if those veteran players highlight any of these kind of talented second year players that I think can take Miami to the next level here in this 2021 season. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about maybe even like a Chance Williams type too. I feel like, you know, there's still some questions at the right. defensive end too. Like, you know, former like top 100 talent. I mean, is he a guy that is potentially ready to take this next step? Like, I, I definitely feel like those – I feel like there there is a chance that some of those guys really are – yeah, I just think it's a really interesting point. I mean, I feel like Miami needs a lot of those guys to step up, right? Like, there's obviously a ton of experience coming back, but, you know, a lot of those guys got – you know, saw the field a lot. You definitely want to see them take that next step in their development and all that stuff. And especially like you point to like a Corey flag and you think like, man, like right. if he really takes that next step, like that would be just tremendous for Miami's defense. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely going to be interesting. I, I think that was a, a strong storyline. to. Yeah, I think mind. so. We kind of like in general, right. This year's team is, is 
kind of the same as last year's team on yeah. paper, except for the edge rush position, right? Which is a big, it's a big drop off, big loss, but everywhere else it's pretty similar. So I think it's fair to say we kind of know the floor of this year's team, which in my opinion is like nine and three ish, you know, last year's team was essentially a nine and three team. So if this year's team's kind of the same type of team, I think nine and three is fair to expect, but I think these second year players, you know, the type of impact they can potentially make is where you start thinking about, okay, can Miami go 10 and two can Miami go 11 and one. Right. So that's kind of why I highlighted those talented second year players. I'll say this Gabby specifically, I'm curious on Keyshawn Smith because I think, you know, obviously they, they added Charleston Rambo as a guy that they hope can take the top off of defense with his downfield speed and playmaking ability. I think people around the UM program feel like Keyshawn Smith has the same type of ability. Um, you know, the outside receiver position with Mark Pope and D Wiggins was, was too inconsistent last year. And I think um, that hurt Miami's offense. Uh, time and time again, when, when teams would just stack the box, stop the run, dare Miami to throw deep and outside the numbers, and, and Miami could not hurt defenses when they showed those looks. So, uh, you know, if a guy like a Keyshawn Smith, if a guy, if Bubba Bolden and Mike Harley and De'Ara King praise him up, I think that's going to be a good sign. Now, results always matter at the end of the day, but, of um, you know, Keyshawn Smith is a guy that's very talented and we'll see if 2021 can be his year. So let's move on now and let's, we don't have to spend a ton of time doing this uh, because we could get lost in the weeds in this, or at least I can. Um, so let's just give our early feelings about how we feel like the coastal and Atlantic divisions kind of stack up if we ranked them, right? Each yeah. team in each division. So let's start with the coastal division and I'll let you kind of just run through your ranking one through, what is it? Seven, six, um, each team, how you feel like they shake out in the coastal division, starting with. I mean, I would probably, if we're ranking them like that, uh, I mean, I think you got to give the nod to North Carolina first, just because they be how they beat Miami last year. I would go Miami following them. Uh, then I, I'd go, I think Pitt is a sneaky team. I like Pitt. So I put them three. Uh, I, I think, I think Virginia is going to be good with Armstrong at quarterback. I would put them a little bit ahead of Virginia tech who I got right after them. Uh, Georgia, I would, then I would put Georgia tech and Duke to finish it off. So I don't okay. know how different yours is David. So I agree with almost everything you said, except I have Georgia tech fourth and yeah. I'm, I'm higher. I think a sneaky yeah, I think they are too. I'm higher on them than most people probably right now. And, and a lot of this is dependent on the improvement of Jeff Sims quarterback, who as a true freshman, you know, made true freshman mistakes in 2020, but I think he has a lot of physical gifts. I think he is a hard worker from what I saw at the high school level. And so I expect him to take a jump this year in 2021. And if he does, I think they're going to be right in that. So tell me if you agree with this, Gabby. I feel like North Carolina and Miami are kind of in their own stratosphere in the Coastal Division. Then I feel like there's a drop-off, and it's 
uh, a mix between Pittsburgh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and I would include Georgia Tech in that next mix. I think you could draw a name out of a hat in terms of who could be the third best team in the Coastal, and then Duke is just going to be bad. They're going to be last. Do you, do you agree with that? Generally no, speaking, I, I do. I do. So, okay. Let me, let me sell. Well, I'll sell Georgia tech later, but I agree. Like I think Pittsburgh, right. They returned Kenny Pickett for his thousands, uh, thousandth season yeah. at the college level. You know, <laughs> we kind of know what he is, but he is a solid college quarterback and he's, he gets to throw to Jordan Addison, who I think will be one of the top receivers in yeah. the ACC last year. He was a good freshman last year for Pittsburgh. And then, you know, Pat Narduzzi, he always puts together a pretty good defense. I think their defense will be solid again, right? So you're betting on Kenny Pickett being steady and Pat Narduzzi's defense, and that's why you go third. I think Virginia, I, would, I agree. Like, Virginia, I have over Virginia Tech. With Virginia Tech, I just I'm betting against Justin Fuente, I guess. Yeah. It just seems like he's kind of lost the fan base. Seems like he's lost the team. They're always hit hard by transfers. These last two off seasons, they have a ton of guys transferring out. They have to replace Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, who transferred to Tennessee, Khalil Herbert, who was one of the best running backs in the ACC, and then left tackle Christian Darasaw. Um, and that trio of players essentially was their offense last year, right? They were a yeah. power running offense. And so I'm not sure. I mean, they, they, they will still have, they, they are more talented on paper than Virginia and Georgia tech. And I would probably say even Pittsburgh. Um, but, but there's just something awry there. Some, you know, the culture seems off there. Um, and then Duke, they're just going to be bad. They, they have a good running back, I think, in Mateo Durant, who ran for 800 yards and eight touchdowns while averaging nearly seven yards per carry last year. Um, and, and he did that without any help at quarterback. Um, but outside of him, I don't know if there's really any difference makers on Duke this year. So we're, we're kind of, we're kind of uh, of like minds on the Coastal Division. Let's see how we stack up in the Atlantic division, Gabby. I'll let you go. Yeah. I mean, obviously starting with, with, uh, with Clemson there, uh, I got NC state second, you know, I think that they're, Great. I think they're going to be one of the sneakiest teams in the ACC this year. Uh, I got Boston college right after them. I'm a fan of Jeff Halfley, what they got going on there. Um, I would put Florida state fourth. Okay. Um, I'd put Louisville fifth. Wake Forest and then Syracuse. And I feel like that bottom half is kind of like a shuffle too, of just like sort of how we talked about the ACC yeah. and Pitt in those teams. I feel like any of those could kind of shuffle around a couple different ways. I agree. I think Clemson class by itself. I think, I mean, we'll see. I think NC state's slightly a cut above the rest of the, the Atlantic, yeah. but we could be proven wrong on that. And then, you know, I think like you were saying, Boston College, Wake Forest, Florida State, Louisville. I think you pick them out of a hat, any order. I would, I would believe it at the end of the year. I personally have Wake Forest higher. I have Wake Forest fourth. Okay. So I agree with you, Boston College third. I have Wake Forest fourth. I think they have one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the ACC in Sam Hartman. They have one of the best receivers in Jakari Robinson, Roberson, sorry. Uh, in general, they're just a very experienced team this year. I think they return all 11 starters on offense this year. 
I think eight starters on defense, you know, they're just going to be that wake forest team that plays a clean football game, not the most talented team, but, um, going to be a tough out. I have FSU below wake forest and they're a team. Look, if they hit on Mackenzie Milton, if Milton is the UCF Milton, um, they will be ranked higher on this list at the end of the year. I just, I'm not, sh- I still don't know what to think of Mackenzie Milton after watching that spring game. So I'm kind of wait and see mode on that. I also too, I think Mackenzie Milton's personnel, he was surrounded by at UCF was much more talented than what he has at FSU right now. So, and, and in general, FSU's defense, I just don't see it. Um, but I do have FSU ahead of Louisville, who to me, Louisville, in a way, kind of is a mirror image of Virginia Tech from a culture standpoint. Like Scott Satterfield really needs to win back the fan base, yep. really needs to win back, I think, the team after he kind of looked at South Carolina when that coaching search was going on. So we'll see if he can right the ship there. And then kind of mirroring Duke in the Coastal, I think Syracuse is just going to be awful. And it's a shame, really, that Duke and Syracuse don't play this year in what could truly be a a toilet bowl situation (laughs) for the ACC. Um, So, yeah, I mean, look, Boston College, I agree. Phil Jerkovich, Zay Flowers, that's going to be a fun dynamic duo to watch. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, in general, when you look at the other teams and you look at this conference, Gabby, it's a pretty strong year at quarterback across the conference, right? Um, You know, the top three quarterbacks, in my opinion, Sam Howe, Derek King, DJ Uyangalele, that's three really good quarterbacks right there. Uh, then you got kind of the veteran guys like Kenny Pickett, um, you know, Mackenzie Milton, Sam Hartman, Phil Jerkovich was very good last year, Boston college. I think Devin Leary, NC state's quarterback, um, pretty talented too. So what I'm getting at is when you have a conference that is deep at quarterback, that means on any given Saturday, any team can beat any team, right? Definitely if the quarterback gets hot and the offense puts up points. So I think it'll be a fun ACC season in general. Um, All right, let's move on to the next topic. And this is just, so this would be preseason first team, all ACC, right? So we're not dealing with second team, third team, that kind of stuff, just preseason all ACC team. And, And we're only doing this from a Miami perspective. So who are the Hurricanes that you think will end up on the preseason All-ACC team when that is announced, probably at the end of the week? Yeah, I mean, it is Voted on by the media. Yeah. So, I mean, I would probably throw Mike Harley in there, just based on the season he had last year. Uh, Zion Nelson, I mean, obviously drawing a lot of, you know, high NFL draft pick love. So, I think that might land him on there. Those are my only two offensive guys I would probably put on the first team. Um, and then on the defensive side, I mean, I put Tyreek Stevenson on there and Bubba Bolden. Like, I think those are probably the two that might have the best chance of making that, that first team, David. Okay. And you probably just overlooked him, but Lou Headley. Oh yeah. Right? Lou Headley. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Lou Headley will probably be a first team punter. So I, I agree. Like for me, I agree with Mike Carly. He's on my list, but I don't, 
I wonder like what the chances are of him getting on the first team. Yeah. Um, just cause there is guy like wake, like I said, wake forest, Jakari Roberson, he had 900 yards last year, Zay flowers. You know, I think he's more highly thought of than, than Mike Harley. Generally speaking, you throw in, you know, do, do people vote for Justin Ross of Clemson as he's coming yeah. back from injury? Yeah, that's true. Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Like Mike Harley should be in the mix. Will he, I don't know, but he is on my list too. I put Zion Nelson as well. I put Bubba Bolden. I think Tyreek Stevenson has the talent to at the end of the year, get on the first team. I'm just not sure he'll be on this preseason team because I'm not sure, you know, I think people want to see it. Right. So yeah, yeah, I would expect, honestly, I would expect three players. And I, and I would probably go Nelson, Bolden, and Headley. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I a quarterback, I think we would assume Sam Howell, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's get to the next question. And it is, who, who do you think is the most underrated ACC team on Miami's schedule this year? Uh, to me, it's NC State. <laughs> to me, it's, it's NC State. I think that's – I mean, I think they're – to me, I think they're clearly the second best team in the Atlantic. Uh, you know how, I mean, that game last year going to Raleigh and I mean, that was a nail biter right. all the way down, just all the way down to the wire. Um, you know, again, Devin Leary being a quarterback, I think that's, you know, going to be, I think it's going to just going to help them sort of continue to progress. Um, I'm glad the game's at Hard Rock Stadium. I think that yeah. definitely is an advantage to Miami this year, but I mean, I think that's going to be a really hard, I think it's going to be a tough game and that's coming right after North Carolina. Right. Uh, pretty, I think it's a, a fairly difficult stretch there for Miami that they have. So, um, you know, to me, it's NC State like, easily. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I, I kind of view in a way, I don't know if this will make sense at all, but hear me out. Like, I think the way NC State is built this year, like their identity, to me, they're kind of like a poor man's Miami. I think, you know, quarterback, I don't know how comparable, like, I don't think De'Ara King and Devin Leary are comparable, but I do think Devin Leary is a good player. Um, you know, I think at running back, Bam Knight, NC State's yeah. running back's very good. Emeka Amezi. So Bam Knight's kind of like the Cam Harris, right? Like he produced at a high level last year. Uh, Emeka Amezi, NC State's top wide receiver, they're not similar players, but he produced at a high level, similar to Mike Harley, um, the veteran receiver for Miami. On the offensive line, Akem Ekwanu, he's kind of a guy on the offensive line that's getting a lot of first-round buzz for NC State, similar to Zion Nelson, right? So I think NC State's identity is going to be offensive-driven this year. Um, and, you know, their defense, it's not – not as talented as Miami's. Um, but you know, comparatively speaking, like I think Miami has more questions on defense than they do on offense. And I think the same can be said of NC state. And also too, when you look at last year, right. NC state, I think if you look at their wins and losses, they kind of beat the teams they were supposed to beat and they lost to the better teams on their schedule. And in general, that's, that's what Miami did. Right. Um, so I, I agree. I think it'll be an interesting, year for NC state and they could be a team that wins, you know, nine, maybe even pushes for 10. If it all comes together, I could also see a scenario where they only win like six games. Right. I think they are a high variance team. 
but I think their ceiling is high. So I, I agree with you. They are kind of an underrated team. I think you could tell earlier from my comments earlier that I've, I'm going to go with Georgia Tech here. Yeah. Um, Jeff Sims, one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the country, and, and you know, pairing him with Jameer Gibbs in a zone read, you know, the running back who I think is the best running back in the ACC going into this season. Um, he was a very dynamic true freshman last year, made a ton of plays. Um, and then, you know, Georgia Tech has, has added a lot of talent in the transfer portal. And so I'm curious to see how that talent assimilates to the roster and, and what type of production they can get out of those players. But you look at Kyrick McGowan is a slot receiver from Northwestern. Um, I think he's expected to be kind of a go-to player as a pass catcher in the passing game. Vanderbilt left tackle Devin Cochran. I think he's an upgrade. He, he has some starting experience in the SEC. I think he's expected to play left tackle at Georgia Tech. Kevin Harris, pass rusher from Alabama. So he definitely has plenty of athleticism and all those traits. Uh, Keon White was a guy who showed a lot of potential as an edge guy at Old Dominion. Now he's going to step up a level and show what he can do at Georgia Tech there. They added productive linebacker Allende Ale from Maryland. And, you know, they're secondary. They're returning a lot of guys. So um, the, the, the case against Georgia Tech, however, I will say is that they do play a tough schedule. So their schedule is going to be tough. Um, so it could be a situation where they are much better, uh, but their record doesn't necessarily reflect that. And, and from a Miami perspective, the Georgia Tech game comes between road trips to Pittsburgh and Florida state. So in a way it's kind of a tricky matchup for Miami that you hope they won't overlook, but could overlook. Right. Um, which kind of brings us to our next topic. What is the biggest trap game on Miami's schedule in your opinion right now? I mean, to me, I, I think there's a couple different arguments. I mean, I think Georgia tech's definitely in there. I'm I'm gonna go with Pitt. I mean, Pitt is like a, a, the day before Halloween. You know, it's at Pitt. It's coming right after the NC State, uh, North Carolina, NC State, and then we travel to Pitt. I did a little digging, and like over the last four matchups that Miami's gone to Pitt, it has never been more than a ten point game. So yeah. you have a four point game in 2019, a ten point loss in 2017 a five-point win in 2015, and a 10-point win in 2013. So these are generally close games at Pitt. Again, I mean, Pat Narduzzi always sort of brings it on defense. It's, a, you know, it's, it's at the, the back end of, a, of, of what I think is going to be a pretty tough stretch for Miami. So, uh, you know, I, that's a game, again, I would expect them to win. But, you know, I, I just think going to Pitt is always tough. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, that's probably why I'd put Pitt. I think there's a couple games in there that definitely have an argument, but, that's, that's where I'm going to go with right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a strong pick. Mine, similar line of thinking, right, in terms of teams that play Miami tough. And so I'm going to go with Virginia. Uh, you know, I think it's either the last, definitely the last two, maybe the last three. Those games against Virginia are always one-score games. Um, and, and this year, Miami plays 
Virginia at the end of September. It's a quick turnaround game. So the previous week, the previous Saturday, they play uh, Central Connecticut State, the FCS team, right? Um, And then five days later, Thursday night, they play Virginia. And then they, they have a bye week the next week and play North Carolina the following week. So what I'm getting at is you hope Miami in that Virginia game wouldn't be, I guess, dinged up from that central Connecticut state game. And then also looking ahead to either the bye week and, or North Carolina two weeks from then. Also too, you know, like you're saying with Pat Narduzzi, Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall, very good defensive coach. Yeah. Um, always has the, that side of the ball in order. And Brennan Armstrong, Virginia's quarterback, to me, just an annoying player to defend yeah, because he, definitely is. he can get outside the pocket. He can, he's, he's athletic enough to run for yards. Um, he will attempt throws he probably should not attempt and pull off. And, you know, he's just a guy that keeps coming at you, never stops competing. And, uh, you know, just a frustrating player, which he was last year, to be honest, in, in Miami's close win. So I, I will go Virginia with Virginia Tech, too. Virginia Tech, right. I mean, in that Virginia Tech game that Virginia beat him, I mean, he was he was awesome in that game. Yeah. When when Brennan Armstrong's at his best, he's one of the better quarterbacks yeah, in the ACC. Saying. Yeah, he's a he's a scrappy. He's a scrappy guy. He wore, what number does he wear? He wears like some ridiculous number, right? No, that's like 80, that's not all. Oh, that's not him. That's I. They play another quarterback. I think it's yeah. Keaton Thompson. Oh yeah, it was like something. Yeah, it was something wild. He wears a ridiculous Thompson. number, and they'll bring him in for like some wildcat situations. They'll also line him up at uh, wide receiver. I think yeah. the year before, I could be wrong on this, but I think the year before, Brendan Armstrong wore that crazy number, and so it's it's turned into some weird thing that they've passed on in that quarterback group. I don't know. Yeah. Some weird Virginia stuff. So, uh, that's kind of all we got. Is there anything else you want to touch on with ACC or should we take a break here and dive into some recruiting? Yeah, let's, let, let's hit some recruiting stuff. Let's, let's okay. get, get into that. Stay tuned after the break and we will dive into some recruiting with some decisions, some potential commitments, uh, coming for the hurricanes. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back. Like we said, we're going to talk recruiting here on the second half of the show, Gabby. So let's get to it. Um, let's just, I guess let's just lay it all out there first, right? Just the names and dates. Um, yeah. 
So we got linebacker Justin Medlock, three-star linebacker out of Texas. He went to Manville High School, right? Yeah. Or he goes to Manville High School. Yes. He's set to announce July 23rd. Um, the next one to know is three-star Miami Central offensive lineman Daughtry Richardson. He is July 25th. Yeah. Isaiah Horton, the force, I believe he's a four-star. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver out of Tennessee. He is July 28th. Uh, three-star state of Georgia defensive back Nick Cole is July 30th. And then, you know, Trequan Fegans is a guy to keep an eye on too. There's no date, nothing official set up there, but he's a guy that, you know, is picking up some Miami crystal balls guy to, to keep an eye on. So um, that's the names and dates to know. Now let's talk about each one individually kind of, and, and let's start with the ones you put in some recent crystal ball predictions for Gabby. Uh, starting specifically with linebacker Justin Medlock. What do we need to know there? I guess who who is who are the schools involved and why did you feel like it was it was time to put in your Miami crystal ball with Justin? Yeah, I mean uh, there's a few schools involved. I talked to Justin. He wasn't really like I, I don't know, he's I guess he's playing it close to the vest of the schools that are involved with him. Um, you know, he mentioned Oklahoma, he mentioned Ohio State, he mentioned Oklahoma State. But, you know, at the end of the day, Miami was the only school that he visited, you know, in, in the month of June, you know, spent he used an, an official visit that first weekend. You know, everything's been going well there. You know, I talked to him, you know, Jonathan Packey, you know, doing a good job just kind of staying in communication with him, you know, just from what we've been able to gather. Uh, you know, he's the guy that they really like. And so, you know, it just seems like, you know, again, making that decision before that last week of July when things open up on July 25th. Um, you know, it just seems like, you know, Miami's just going to be the pick based on the schools he's been able to see. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just thought it was time after talking with him and, you know, again, just the fact that he's sort of working his way closer to that decision. I feel like Miami's in a pretty good spot there. You mentioned he keeps things close to the vest. If you were to guess, like of those schools you named, who would be the threat? Like, would it be, I would presume Oklahoma state. Yeah. I mean, the crystal ball is like all Oklahoma, but it seems like those are pretty dated, uh, to this point, I'm not sure if he's really in the picture for Oklahoma at this point. Right. I would say the same about Ohio, Ohio State. It just seems like they could basically be picking and choosing who they want. I'm not sure if they're going to dive deep into Texas to take a three-star guy out of there. Uh, I would I would assume Oklahoma State's in there. You know, I heard earlier, uh, you know, maybe like Paradise Weekend-ish that Texas Tech was a school involved. Um, okay. You know, like, uh, so, you know, I, I think that there's a couple schools. I mean, he mentioned some of the local ones are involved. So you can always assume like maybe like a TCU or maybe even like a Baylor or something like that, or schools that are, that are sort of involved, but uh, I mean, not really a hundred percent sure what to make of it, but out of those he mentioned to me, I would assume Oklahoma state would probably be the one that might be the biggest threat to Miami at this point. So I believe the 23rd is Friday, right? Yeah. Do we have a time? Do we have any other details? No, he hasn't. He, I mean, he's not going to drop a, a top group of schools. I don't know if he's even going to let anyone know who he's deciding in between. I think he's just going to make a commitment. I mean, I could probably figure out what time it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Even He just seems like one of those kids that's, that's just like, set. you know, yeah, nothing's really said. He just doesn't seem like the type of guy that's like going off and like, you know, he just seems like he's like, I'm just going to commit and that's it. And I was just like, all right, man, let's do it. So what type of player is he? 
what what type of player do you project him at Miami? Just a, is he a straight up inside linebacker? Is he athletic to play some outside linebacker? How do you view him fitting yeah, at I, Miami? I think he's more of just a, just a true middle linebacker. I think, I mean, you kind of look at him. I mean, he's listed at six one. not exactly sure if he's that. I mean, I think he's very much cut from the same cloth that Corey Flagg is uh, in terms of just like, you know, what the type of player that they are and okay. stuff like that. So, you know, I think you, you kind of hope that, you know, Miami sort of feels like, again, I mean, I feel like they're bringing in another guy from Houston that projects pretty similarly to Corey Flagg. Uh, you know, I think that, I think that also has to indicate how Miami sort of feels about Corey Flagg and all that some type of player he is. So, you know, as a sophomore, he had 117 tackles, a guy that, you know, made a lot of plays, uh, only played in three games as a junior before messing up his knee, but you know, he, he does have three games of tape there and it's not, it's not, it's not too bad. You can definitely, you definitely see some of the flashes in his ability to just, you know, just find the football and, you know, make plays. He has like, a, I'm pretty sure he has like a pick six on there or something close to it. And uh, so, you know, I think he's a, I think he's an interesting player for Miami in terms of just like what he sort of brings. So let's move on to your other crystal ball that you recently put in. And that is for wide receiver, Isaiah Horton. Tell us what we need to know there. Yeah, you know, uh, Miami's, I mean, I think we've been kind of, you know, talking about how Miami's really involved here, sort of like a Miami-Tennessee battle. Uh, you know, I just think this is, one of those, this, this is one of those situations where Miami's just done a really good job. I think the official visit uh, really helped them, you know, just sort of it being a big official visit weekend with Ja'Curry Brown there, a bunch of other top targets there. So, you know, I, I just feel like Miami's done a really good job of just sort of making that sort of impression on Isaiah Horton. Uh, sort of, you know, maybe giving him a lot to think about, especially with, you know, an in-state school like Tennessee, you know, really pushing as well. But I, I also don't think it hurts that Tennessee has some of these sanctions that they're potentially facing as well, you know, just from the Jeremy Pruitt era. So, you know, I, I just think that Miami's really put themselves in a good spot to land that commitment. I mean, he said he's going to do it, yeah, July 28th. So not this week, but the like next week, uh, we should get a official word from him. But I'm liking where Miami stands right now in that one. So let's rewind it. So we, we got the crystal ball, the Gabby Urrutia crystal ball predictions out of the way. Let's rewind it a few days because Dotri Richardson, the three-star offensive lineman from Miami Central, plans to announce on July 25th. Um, what do you feel like we need to know there? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. You know, he's kind of made it seem like it was a Miami-Florida State battle. It seems like he sort of opened it back up a little bit with, you know, Kentucky and Arizona State sort of being schools that he's kind of talking about more again. Uh, you know, I think Kentucky is a very interesting one here. Uh, you know, Eric Walford, who's – I think he was, the offensive, he was the offensive line coach, I believe, at like South Carolina or something like that, offered him over there. And then right when he got the Kentucky job, offered him – at like the second he got to Kentucky. So that's a guy he has a really good relationship with officially visited there. But, you know, I still think that Miami is very much in the mix of this, you know, he talks about Miami's coaching staff and, you know, just how competitive of an environment it is. You know, I'm not exactly ruling out Miami here. Uh, you know, I, I do think that they're very much in it. Uh, Florida state, you know, they they've been the crystal ball favorite for a long time. You know, he's from Tallahassee played at Tallahassee Godby before he transferred to Edison. And that was before he made the move over to Miami central. So, you know, Florida State's been a school that's been involved with him for a long time. And, you know, I think really, I'm not sure how much Arizona State's really a factor. I really think it's down to those three schools. And honestly, I feel like it can go either way right now. Like, I, I'm, I'm not ready to really rule out any school. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think it's, I could see him picking any one of those three schools at this point right now. I, I really do think Kentucky is, is a threat here. I think that, 
you know, I, I honestly wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if, if ultimately he decided to go play in the sec and, and, you know, for Mark Stoops and all that stuff and wow. pick the wildcats. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I mean, I, I, again, it, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Do you, do you have the crystal ball for him? Yet? I don't, I okay. don't. And that, and that's just cause like, I really, I'm, I'm just like, not like, even after talking to him and stuff, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I haven't been able to like, you know, just feel it. Like, I feel like I've always thought it was mine. Florida state started sort of feeling Florida state. Then like Kentucky was thrown into the mix. And I'm just like, if he's bringing back Kentucky up at this point, like maybe it, it could be Kentucky. So I don't know. I don't know. I still, I, I feel like I'm still trying to trying to figure that one out myself at this point. Do you feel like no matter where he commits, um, is this a situation where Miami will continue? Like, let's say he does not pick Miami, right? Is this a situation where Miami will continue to recruit him, you know, through the fall and, and try and still land his signature at the end of the day in December? Yeah, you know, I, I do think Miami will still recruit him. Uh, you know, I, I I just think that he's a guy that will probably still be open regardless right. of, of where he chooses. Like, I'm not exactly – he doesn't really strike me as a guy that's going to completely shut it down. You right. know, when I went to go see him at Miami Central, he was wearing a university – he was wearing a Miami shirt. Uh, you know, it feels like he's, he's still, uh, like, I, I feel like maybe he knows where he wants to go right now, but I could, I could see him continuing like to, to hear everybody out and sort of see what everyone has to say and see how the season plays out. And I think if you're Miami and like, you know, let's say the offensive line board doesn't exactly shake out the way you hope. I think he's a guy that you could always sort of, you know, really push for at the end. And I think you might be able to, I, I think you could probably like, you know, end up landing that signature if, if, you know, if that's something that they wanted to do, I don't think that is a guarantee, but I could see them definitely continuing to work on him. So that it, again, that's going to be on July 25th. I think I saw where he said he's, he's just going to do it on his Instagram. So if you guys want to follow that, go follow Daughtry on his IG. Um, Nick Cole, the three-star safety or I guess defensive back out of uh, South Georgia. Um, he's set to announce on July 30th. Uh, he only took an official visit to Miami, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think Miami was the only school that got him on campus. Like, you know, again, officially uh, this summer, you know, I, I feel like, you know, after coming off that official visit, that's when we all sort of started dropping our crystal balls. We started, we sort of liked where Miami stood in that recruitment uh, you know, he announced that he was going to make a commitment on July 12th. You know, he, he ended up pushing that back. So not exactly sure what that means. Uh, you know, I still like where Miami stands. Uh, I, I know that there's also a couple other safeties that, you know, that they like. Uh, I know there's a couple other guys that they have on their board, you know, in terms of defensive backs or even strikers. But I know Nick Cole's a guy that they that, you know, that they've had their eye on. That Again, they brought him in for an official visit. That wasn't by accident. And um, so I think we just got to sort of see how the how the, how the deck sort of falls on this one. I wouldn't, I, okay. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami's still a pick. Um, but I think we just got to continue monitor, monitoring that one just as, as we get closer to that date. When you say monitor, do you, are you basically saying it could be a Miami commitment or it could be another pushback? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could see, I could see maybe either, you know, I wouldn't, again, right. I could see him picking That's Miami on, on July 30th. Uh, I can see him, you know, potentially saying, like, hey, you know what? Maybe I want to take a little bit more time here. Like, I think it's going to be interesting too to see maybe what school if he gets to a school, you know, that last right. week of July, heading into that commitment. Like, maybe he's waiting to see somewhere before he makes that commitment, and that's why he pushed it all the way back to the end of July. So, okay. you know, let's say Nick Cole pulls up at let's say a South Carolina or an Ole Miss or a school like that. 
I think that might be an indicator on, you know, where he might be headed uh, on July 30th if, if it's not Miami. And I can't get a straight answer, so I, I'm curious if you can. Do you know, like, if, you know, from Miami's perspective, do they like him at safety? Do they like him at striker? Yeah, I, I know that they, I know that they've talked about him at striker. I know that uh, you know they that he's a guy that they like at striker, just the way he moves around. Uh, I'm not sure if he would be a full safety. Like, I'm not exactly okay. sure if they're prepared to take him at, at safety, but I know that striker is a spot where they could potentially see him at if if Miami was the pick. And then you know, Trequan Figgins again. There's no date uh, set right now, but you you did put a crystal ball prediction in for him. Do you still feel good about that crystal ball where it stands now? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I like I like where Miami stands in that one for sure. I mean, if he does show up in Coral Gables next week when it opens up, I think that would be I think yeah. that would be big. I think that would be big for Miami. And you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you stopped by Miami Central, uh, checked out some of their off-season workouts, et cetera, uh, and, and Miami four-star linebacker target Wesley Besaint plays at Central, of course, and, and you got to c- catch up with him there. Um, tell us about that conversation. You know, obviously, Wesley uh, was a big topic surrounding Paradise Camp. What did he have to say about that? And, and just in general, what type of spot do you feel like Miami's in right now for him? I mean, yeah, I, just starting with the latter. Like, I think Miami's in a really good spot. You know, I, I know he wants he wants to go see Florida. I think he's just really going to take his time with all this. Like, you know, that's a, he, I think he's going to go to Friday Night Lights at Florida. He's also going to make his way back down to Miami for, you know, this little recruiting event that they're going to do at uh, on campus, you know, next week. So, you know, Miami, I, I just think Miami's just going to continue to be at the forefront of that recruitment. Uh, I, 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 again, does he want to see sec schools probably like does he want to wait and see if other schools offer he's not he doesn't say yes but i mean otherwise you've seen all of your favorite schools like what else are you waiting like what what are you waiting until november for so you know i do think he does want to see if some of these other bigger maybe i mean i guess bigger schools come calling but i i mean he had a lot of really good things to say about miami uh you know in terms of the whole paradise deal i mean i just I asked him to just like walk me through those 24 hours now that he's now that it's kind of in the rear view. And he just said it was, you know, that it was kind of crazy. You know, he had, you know, like it was very unintentional. Like, you know, he did, he was never going to post those photos. One of the people at FSU did ask him to throw it down and he did, and he didn't think anything of it, but you know, he forgot he was on live. He got screenshotted all that stuff and made the rounds. And, you know, he said he had a lot of really good conversations with the people at Miami. You know, everyone understood that it was a mistake and that, you know, he has a ton of love for those guys. And, you know, it was one of those situations that he learned from and like, you know, he moved past. But, you know, it seems like it seems like he had a really good time at, at Paradise Camp and he really enjoyed just that whole scene and stuff. So, you know, I definitely think it helped Miami that, you know, he ultimately was able to make it down and sort of experience all of that. You also took in a Miami Killian off-season workout and you got to see the Washington brothers Bobby and Robbie uh what were your thoughts on them both as players and, and kind of where Miami it's early in their recruitments right they're 2023 guys yeah. uh but but where Miami might factor in with them yeah it's crazy that they're twin brothers because just two completely different statures like Robbie Washington is might be 510 uh you know, just really fast, super shifty guy. You know, I, I thought he was really impressive just watching him run around and catch the ball. Like, you know, I, I thought that he was just a really good player. And then Bobby Washington, I mean, it's just like, 
he looks the way you sort of want a linebacker to look, you know, six, he's six, two over 200 pounds, you know, doesn't carry any bad weight or anything like that. seems like he does. He definitely goes to work in the gym and all that stuff. So, you know, just like, uh, you know, really has that sort of frame that you're sort of looking for from a linebacker and definitely moves around well, um, for both of them. And, you know, Robbie, you know, Robbie Washington, you know, people have seen him, you know, commit to Miami on Twitter and on Instagram and all that stuff. But, you know, there, again, you know, there is a process of what it, it entails to commit to Miami. Uh, Miami's never seen him, him in person, you know, they've never done anything like that. So I'm not sure if that commitment is hundred percent valid right now. That's not to say that it won't be, let's say, I mean, Robbie, he told me he's planning on going to, uh, to Miami on July 25th. Uh, let's say he does go to Miami. He actually gets to have a conversation with Rob Likens because that's something he hasn't done yet. And let's say after everything that happens on July 25th, let's say, you know, he decides he wants to commit and Miami decides that they're going to take the commitment. You know, I think that could potentially happen. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's completely out of, out of, out of the question or anything like that. So, you know, could Robbie Washington potentially be in this class soon in an official capacity? You know, I think, I do think it's possible. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that's definitely a situation that I would sort of just be looking out for, especially, you know, early next week. Um, Bob, I mean, Bobby Washington, I talked to him too, like, you know, with your brother on board, what's kind of, the, what's kind of like your deal. He's like, he wants to get more offers. He wants to see what else is out there. He wants to see, you know, all these different schools. But I mean, a big, a big thing here for both those guys is Bobby Washington senior committed to Miami. I think it was back in 2003 or right. 2004. David, you might know. I mean, I don't know if you remember it. I'm not sure yeah. how long. Yeah. Like, you know, he was a, he broke Frank Gore's rushing record uh, while yep. he was at Miami Killian committed to Miami. Couldn't get in because of, of test scores. Uh, I think he ended up at NC state. And while yep. he was at NC state, Manny Diaz and Todd Stroud were both on staff you know, in Raleigh also. So, okay. you know, there is a sort of connection there. And so I think uh, following in their dad's footsteps of really just going through with that commitment to Miami is, is definitely in the, in the cards for them. From what you saw, just your opinion are both, the, would both those guys be good takes for Miami? If yeah. they, if they wanted to go to Miami, let's say Robbie Washington was the third receiver. Again, he's just more of a, more of a slot guy. Right. Uh, again, just smaller. I mean, he has legitimate speed. So yeah, I, I could see Robbie Washington. I mean, again, it's it's like the deepest wide receiver class like right. in South Florida in a long time. So it's so hard to just say, yeah, like definitely. Um, but, you know, if they really want to add some like top end speed and, you know, a true maybe slot guy, then, yeah, I could see Robbie Washington. Bobby Washington, I think he still has to continue to develop. I don't know how much like football he's actually played on Fridays. You know, he was at Columbus. I'm not sure he played a whole bunch at Columbus. But, you know, now he's going to be a junior at Killian's probably going to play uh, you know, a primary role for them. So I think after this fall, I think we'll have a better idea, but I mean, physically, like he definitely passes the eye test. If he, if he's productive on Friday nights for Killian, then yeah, I think he's absolutely a Miami caliber player because he's going to look like one of the best guys on, like out there on a defense. And last thing before we end the podcast here, Gabby, you've kind of hinted at it. Like this last week of July, uh, some recruiting is going to open up again. Right. So Schools across the country will be able to get guys on campus again during that last week of July. And you've hinted at that, you know, that Miami's going to be hosting potentially some guys during that final week of July. Um, and I know Andrew wrote the articles that are on the site now, right? But sounds like uh, top 247 defensive lineman, Nigel Kelly, might stop by Miami during July. 
Sounds like defensive tackle Alton Tarber at a Deerfield Beach might stop by Miami. You've already mentioned Trequan Fegans. What can you tell us? You know, is there anything planned right now? Can you tell us what's like, is there going to be a cookout situation or is it just kind of stop by whenever you can during this final week of July? Yeah, I'm going to write this up and I'm just trying to get a little bit more information on it, but I know that they're having like a pool party. Okay. So I know that that's, I think that's probably what's going to be like the big event. Um, I don't think it'll be Friday because that's the night of Florida's Friday night lights. So I think they want to sort of have their own day. Uh, Nigel Kelly said he's going to be there on Saturday or on, I think it was Saturday and Sunday or something, the 30th and the 31st or something like that. Um, so I think it's going to be one of those two days. It, I, I mean, probably Saturday, I'm assuming, because I think Friday right. is the 30th. So I, I, I would guess Saturday is probably the day that they do the, they, they do like this pool party or whatever it is. But that, that's the plan from, from what I've been able to sort of gather that. They're going to do something with the pool, probably cook, you know, whatever it is that they do. Yeah. And, and again, follow the visits, right? Like Miami got a lot of big time players on campus for that June 1st cookout, uh, you know, Definitely a good sign that Nigel Kelly plans on being at UM, whatever is going on uh, at the end of July. So, as always, good stuff, Gabby. Thanks for breaking it all down. Is there anything I missed recruiting-wise that, that should be touched on? No, I mean, I think we're good. It's been a little slower, you know, obviously sure. with everything being dead right now. But, uh, you know, it's definitely going to pick back up here this last week of July. So, we're going to be pedaled to the metal starting Monday. So, definitely stay locked on to the site. Definitely. Good stuff as always, Gabby. Appreciate everyone uh, listening again. We're going to have a 50% off deal on the 21st and 22nd of July. So if you, if you want to take advantage of that, we would definitely appreciate it here. Uh, always nice to get that support uh, on the website as well. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you don't mind, five-star review uh, always helps us too in the podcast algorithm game. So Until next time, take care, everyone. Later.